Chell, I've heard that, well, actually, you know that you don't really like social media very much. Okay, so if you have a grandmother that you haven't seen in many years and you want her to know that you're doing well and <laughs> still kicking and she's still kicking. So I that's mean, the one good thing you say, be... the one good thing the grandma contact. <laughs> <laughs> There's others. There's a few others. I mean, if you had an aunt. This is Shyel Dvorak, and welcome to season two of the Crown Insider podcast. Today we are talking about Finstas, which is a short term for fake Instagram. Finstas are very popular among teenagers, the majority of whom are girls, according to AJC Atlanta News Now. They are usually private accounts followed by close and trustworthy friends. Having a Finsta gives you the opportunity to post quirky and funny things, or deeper and more personal things that you normally wouldn't share with everyone following you on a normal Instagram account, or as some call a Rinsta, short for real Instagram. Today we have two guests here to discuss this topic with me. Dr. Karen Gustafson is a professor of psychology at Cr- and counseling at Crown, and Andrea Edwards, who is a junior at Crown College studying communication. Welcome, you guys. Great to be here. Yes, Thanks. <laughs> Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Go ahead, Andrea. Okay, so my name is Andrea Edwards. I'm a communications major at Crown, a junior, so getting close to the end. Uh, I play soccer at Crown, and I'm the oldest of three kids, so I have a younger brother named Avery, and he's 19, and a younger sister named Elise, who is 18. I don't know. I play the ukulele, so that's fun. I grew up in Wisconsin, but... Um, have always really enjoyed studying psychology as well as Bible theology. And I've been like an official worker with the Christian and Missionary Alliance for 34 years now. Wow. And 18 of them in Argentina and in all 15 now at Crown College. So I love being here. Wow, that's awesome. So I have just a couple of statistics here I wanted to share. Uh, According to a report by Common Sense Media, teens now spend up to nine hours a day on social media. And on average, people spend five years and four months of their lives on social media. What do you guys think about, on average, people spending roughly five years of their lives on social media? I mean, that's a lot of time. (laughs) At the same time, mm-hmm. like when television first started, people were like really, really worried about all the time people were watching television. True. And the many, many hours. And so maybe we need to kind of nuance some of the stats. Like, okay, what are they watching? What is it? What are the outcomes there? I mean, that is a lot of time. And often, though, more of the problem is not the time spent on social media, but it's the time not spent on other things. Yeah, it's important to look at all that. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know what this study defines social media as, mm. because uh, just looking at how many schools are now using uh, technology in school, but I don't know that that would be considered social media. It'd just be interesting to know. I don't know. I think that definitely period in terms of hours is kind of overwhelming. You're like, wow, I'm probably guilty of that, being mm-hmm. young and constantly having my phone 
in my pocket or in my backpack or just like on the table next to me, I'm definitely guilty of that. But I do see the benefits of taking it away. I was on a trip this past weekend and I did not post anything on social media, which is really <laughs> weird for me. I usually do that Instagram story or yeah. post something on Facebook or post a picture. And I didn't do that. And I felt like I got so much more out of that trip just not being on social media and people are always mm. like oh but you'll forget the memories and I'm like okay but like mm. you won't though because I feel like they're more with you and they're more you're able to kind of embrace moments and embrace people and be a lot more intentional mm-hmm. when you put your phone aside and so over just the last few months I've seen a lot of benefit in that in my relationships um, with friends or my parents professors like not having it attached I think just because I've seen a lot of adults honestly not even so much people my age but adults that I've tried to communicate have their phone right here Mm. in front of them as I'm trying to talk to them and I'm like okay I don't like that so I don't want to be that for somebody else and so I think um, just seeing the benefit of not having it could definitely change the statistic but I think it's also how it's being used like I know for me I do a lot of article searching on social media or I do Like, I have my own ministry, so I do a lot of, like, social media posting. So I think it definitely goes back to how you're using it as well. Mm Because if you're doing it and you're being productive and you're doing more than just scrolling and liking, Mm -hmm. I think that it can have its benefits. But I do definitely see how it can just become scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because I'm guilty of it. So I definitely do see that. No, that's good. There's an, I don't know if you know this term that came up maybe last year, fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, when you're snubbing somebody on the phone, like, Mm -hmm. and it feels bad. It feels awful. Mm -hmm. Like, you're in a conversation, but all of a sudden, they're on their screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll definitely see a lot of that as my generation and younger entering, Mm -hmm. like, the professional field. Okay, how are you showing people that they're valued and respected? And even in your friendships, like, if I'm talking to my friend and I'm like, hey, I want to share my heart with you, or hey, I want to talk to you about this, and they're sitting there on their phone, it's kind of like, well this kind of seems pointless and meaningless and like you don't care. So I think, yeah, definitely putting it aside is a huge benefit and like realizing, but that that actually has a lot of impact on the people you're around. And so, yeah, it does. Do you think that many people in our generation have realized that? I see a lot of talking about it, but not a lot of action behind it. Part of that can also be kind of the feeling of being uncomfortable without something happening. You know, you take out your, you you need something kind of to be happening all the time, which other studies have shown, boy, then it becomes hard to even know your own thoughts. So that Mm -hmm. if you're always looking to other thoughts or other people's reaction, what other people are doing, it's hard to even sit and actually know what you think. So there are some, yeah, real benefits of putting it aside for some time, as well as the less we are doing face-to-face contact, actually the less are we even able to read people's expressions. Hmm. So we get kind of poorer at nonverbal communication if Hmm. we're not actually watching each other. So there are studies that show depression and anxiety are increasing, not dramatically, but increasing. They haven't been able to show that there's a cause of social media, but they're wondering, Hmm. yeah, does it cause it? We don't know, but it might be related. Yeah, I think that could definitely be true just because of the level of comparison that I think social media brings about. Hmm. Our Finsta is the best way to express feelings on social media, 
And is having a Finsta account positive or negative? What are your guys' thoughts? So this is a whole new area for me (laughs) to be thinking through. I think that the theme for the young person is trying to balance that they really want to be accepted, figure out themselves, but have other people know them. But at the same time, the pressure of wanting to fit in. It's like, how do we at the same time fit in with everybody and the pressure there, but also show my unique self and my unique maybe struggles? And I think it gets really complicated. So Finsta might be the way some of the young people are finding ways to show some of their inner stuff that maybe they haven't found a way to tell or show people in their inner circle yet. So it it may be, for some, a way to express some stuff that really needs to be expressed. Yeah, I was researching this earlier just because I wanted to familiarize myself a little bit more with the concept of it. I had heard of it before, but had never really like looked at it. So something that I came across was that it can be either perceived positively and be especially from the perspective of parents as like a discernment within their kids of what they value the world knowing and then what they just want to keep for like their close friends and things like that. But then it can also be viewed super negatively. And a lot of the Finstas that I have come across have been more of that negative. It hasn't been so much the, oh, I'm just expressing myself over here and I'm sharing my political thoughts or my social (laughs) thoughts. It has not been that. It's been the other extreme of like, more of the hiding the things they know they shouldn't be doing, so they created a fake account to cover it up. Honestly, if you don't have the confidence to share it on your normal Instagram account, or if you're ashamed of those followers and what they'll think, then maybe they shouldn't be following you because you should have people, especially following you on your social media that you know, first of all, and Mm -hmm. that are going to openly listen to your thoughts and ideas. Or I know a lot of people go on there and they talk about mental illness or different things that they're struggling with. And like Mm -hmm. those people, especially on your actual social media accounts, should be people that support you and uplift you, not people who would knock you down or tear you down or mock you because of those things. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the whole concept of Finstas is unnecessary, I think, unless you're hiding something. Yeah, the, the thought that I have with that that comes to mind too is... Is it a healthy place for people to be maybe sharing those things Mm -hmm. if they're going through really hard things like that? Is Mm -hmm. it a healthy place to be sharing that over social media versus a conversation with those people in person? Yeah. I don't see it as a healthy way because I don't think that this is reaching out necessarily to the people that know what to do with it. It probably is like saying, this is what I'm really doing. This is what I'm hiding because I don't find somewhere else where I'm going to show this. But who actually is seeing kind of the true things that are happening? And if it's not people within their circle, that is a concern. Because who will know how to help? Even Mm -hmm. your best friends should know when these are signs that something isn't going right and know how to support and find answers or find people that will help. But but shouldn't that know. help be maybe in person? Right. Just when I think about only social media, mm-hmm. that's your, your one way you're getting that encouragement and support that you need from friends. I don't know, that worries yeah. me just because in person it's right. there's such a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and why does there seem to be the need 
that it's put on Finsta rather than face-to-face with Mm. somebody. Like, what's the need there Mm. that I think needs to be explored too? Why can't that young person find somebody face-to-face to accept, hear, help with whatever they're putting on? Yeah, I definitely think that thoughts and things can be expressed on Facebook, and maybe for some people that is the way that they most clearly express themselves, but I think there needs to be a balance because there are times where I've gone on my little political rants or my <laughs> little, like I go on a lot of ministry-related rants because I absolutely love that. And like if God puts it on my heart, you bet I'm going to share it. But I think that there needs to be a balance of that. I know that, especially here at Crown, I can almost, if I'm struggling with something, I, there's almost always somebody that I can think of that I'm like, okay, this they would know everything about this issue. I'm going to go talk to them. Or mm. this is something I'm struggling with and I need a unique perspective that's not my parents or that's not a friend, but that's still an older adult that I can go talk to. And I've just sought that person out. And like they are amazed that someone's like, oh, they want to talk to me about this. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot, I think, of kids are afraid of, to approach those people. But like once you do that and once you go talk to that person in person then it's a lot Mm -hmm. more like freeing and you'll find that a lot of these people that you look up to and that you respect struggle with a lot of the same things or they struggle with their own things. Things posted on social media need to be done with tact and they need to be thought through because you might share something that you didn't want the whole world to know. Yeah. You can't take that away. And so I think that there needs to be that balance. Yeah. And part of the responsibility, I think, around the adults around that young person's life Mm -hmm. of how do we make bridges into their life so that they feel they can come with whatever concern and that adults in their life should not be afraid to come in and ask some of the hard questions of how are you doing what are you doing what you know are you doing evenings what are you doing nights Mm -hmm. what's going on in your life I'll just share another stat here according to smart Social, 72% of teens use Instagram and about 51% use Facebook. So the majority of teenagers are definitely using social media. What are your guys' thoughts on that, on older generations speaking to the younger generation? I think adults can assume because they're on social media that they're not interested in connecting with an adult which really is not true. Hmm. I think we assume, as older adults, they are not interested in connecting with me. I'm old, or I'm the parent, or I'm the grandparent, or I'm the teacher. But young people really do want to connect often, but it just might not look like that to us. So we have to just know they want to connect. We have to do the hard work, too, of connecting with them. Yeah, I think... It can almost be a way to bridge the gap, too, because the younger generation can help the older generation learn how to use social media. And then, (laughs) but also making, I think this is something that I always try to incorporate into my life is like not being afraid of being uncomfortable. So if actually interacting with somebody makes you uncomfortable, like embrace it because those conversations could be some of the best things that you ever encounter in your life. Because I've seen that with conversations that I've had with people that I never thought that I would connect with. And then use social media as a way to kind of, like I said, bridge that gap and kind of create almost a unity because then it's uniting over something that influences culture so much and that is kind of inevitable at this point. And so I think that it can almost be seen as a positive as a way to bridge that gap. In an article on Mike.com about Finstas, 
Here's a quote. One of my friends started complaining about her orchestra director on Finsta, said a teen. She started talking about how that class sucked the life out of her and how she hated it so much. Someone who was following her screenshotted it and sent it to the school's administration, and that student ended up getting suspended from orchestra for a week. So what are you guys' thoughts on the fact that teens are creating these Finstagram accounts, yet people can still screenshot anything you post and, and share it? My first thought really is, okay, teens are impulsive. We know that. That's part of how their brain works. So she's impulsively writing out how she feels about the orchestra director. My other thought is, okay, that can't be taken back, but I wish there had been a better way of connecting with her. Like, okay, so they find out she hates that class. Can't we just talk to her about, wait, why do you hate this class? We saw this, you know, unfortunately, we saw this. It got posted around. But sorry that you impulsively put something on that's hurtful. Can't we sit down and talk about, one, your feelings about class, and two, just impulsively there might be better ways of dealing with frustration. I just wish it wouldn't have gotten to the extent that it did in, as a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that goes back to that discernment and knowing what should be posted on social media and what can be handled in a personal one-on-one conversation. But in all reality, like someone you think might be your friend might see something and be like, well, got him like and send it off to the wrong person and you don't want that because like nothing's really truly ever private I think on social media that's why I think you always need to use such great discernment because anything can be brought back anything can be used against you even if you had no intention of that like I think this girl was just trying to rant but like maybe that's a conversation you should have with your friend like after school kind of a deal or maybe just talk to the teacher about it and be like hey I'm struggling in this way in your class can we figure this out? Or something like that. I don't know. I feel right. like it goes back to that discernment, though, and uh, just the maturity of people on social media, too. Here's another quote. So we asked an 18-year-old college student as to why she has a Finstagram, and she said, I have a Finsta so I can post about how I'm feeling or kind of be goofy without a whole bunch of random people I don't know super well seeing what I post. So I only let very close friends follow me. My normal account I use is just to update people every once in a while. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts? It sounds like she has close friends, and it sounds like what she's posting is letting her close friends know how she's doing. I would just suggest, you know, to her, I hope that you and your friends follow up with face-to-face talking, face-to-face helping one another, Mm -hmm. face-to-face, do we need to talk to somebody else about this? It sounds like this isn't a separate, like, part of her life that she already isn't involved with her friends with. So I would just hope she and her friends can talk Mm -hmm. about this as well. And it may be the way that she's kind of alerting friends, this is something I need to talk about. So could we talk maybe a little bit about alternative identities? Maybe if we look at social media in general, I think that if it's used the wrong way, there can be a lot of pressure to 
kind of come up with or create this alternative identity that you're constantly trying to mold yourself into and give off to other people and say, this is who I am. And we only like sharing our good moments and our good side too. So how do we live right now in this world where everyone's doing that? I think that social media should never take away the authenticity of a person. I think that social media, though, has become this platform for, for perfection. Uh, you see it everywhere. I think no one's ever going to post a picture of them with a sad face and the caption's feeling sad today. <laughs> like, no one's going to do that. But I think as long as we are not trying to consume ourselves with creating the social media image that we have to be perfect or that we live this wonderful life and nothing's wrong and uh, just with these perfectly edited photos and all of this. And I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy the artistic aspect of that, but I think if I were to let myself become consumed with this element of perfection within my social media, I would feel completely, I don't know, fake because I never want people to get the wrong perception of me because of my social media. And I think the moment that my social media starts taking away who Andrea is, Mm -hmm. then that's where an issue starts. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're social media is taking away your identity or it's becoming your identity, then that's where there's an issue. Excellent. And it seems, too, that what we post is only kind of part of life. It might be part of my life that I show these pictures of everything I've done and the happy moments, and that is part of it. But that pressure, like Andrea's been talking about, of the perfection but also kind of that ignoring of so much of life can leave people seeing life kind of as an object or themselves also sort of as that object that gets portrayed Mm -hmm. rather than, and looking at oneself through the eyes of other people, like how we're imagining others are seeing us through what we post. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes difficult then at times to see our life in a whole way as well and not see our life or other people's lives for right now. Ignoring emotion, ignoring situations, ignoring all of the complexities that that life entails. It gets kind of all smashed down Mm -hmm. and becomes pressure to meet then certain standards. So here's a quote from the Mike.com article that says, it's just all backwards because we call our fake Instagram our Finsta, but in reality, the Finsta is a more real representation of who we are. I think in a culture that promotes so much being yourself and embracing yourself and embracing others, that that is a very ironic quote, honestly, because Hmm. especially this generation, they are like, so on fire with that be yourself embrace yourself embrace everybody love everybody but then when it comes to their social media they're not doing that and they have to have their fake social media which is their real account which is so bizarre and then their fake account which is all of this other stuff that's actually apparently according to them more them than their actual account and I think that that's not for all that they're preaching Hmm. at the world and at culture that that's really ironic that they're not living it out in something so simple as social media. You can wonder how has that happened? Like, what is it in our culture or our youth culture 
that makes it very difficult to see that what real is are some of the more difficult parts of life and that it really is real to struggle. I'm not sure if part of it is just not knowing even how to talk about it. One of the, an interesting study that came up even with children that have uh, like been, you know, raised up where they will always make sure to succeed. Like whatever you do is okay, you succeed, you always get the ribbon, whatever you do. One of the outcomes has been children grow up never really having talked about failure or never really have understood how what happens if I do fail because everybody kind of keeps telling me I'm doing okay. Right. And so we may get to our teen years and realize, wait, I do fail in some places. I do struggle here, but haven't even learned where is there a spot? How do we talk about when things aren't going right? In a sense, you have to be comfortable with failure Mm -hmm. and realize that it's inevitable. You will fail. And that that is real. Yeah. And I think so much of what comes at us every day is that we can't be proud of our story. And Mm -hmm. like that's something we should be so proud of because everything that we've gone through, everything that we struggle with, everything that we've succeeded in and failed in, like that's part of who makes us who we are. That's part of what makes us unique and authentic and individual. And I think that you should not be afraid to genuinely be you on social media like it's your profile your name you should just be 100% you and not be worried about what other people think so Mm -hmm. and everybody's is different yours doesn't have to doesn't have to be like the next girl or the next guy or whatever (laughs) so yeah I think Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more interesting too I don't like seeing the same thing when I'm scrolling through my Instagram (laughs) so (laughs) no but yeah people should just be proud of their story so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and how can we bring it back to remember what is our true identity and where does that lie? Is it by drawing close to the people who know you? Is it through in-person interaction? And is it through knowing Jesus more and more in your relationship? All the above. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think only recently have I gotten a lot more vocal about my faith on social media. I would say like since I started college is Mm -hmm. where I kind of found my element in like writing and writing like devotional style kind of posts and just being very like authentic with my faith. And I've had a lot of people be like, wow, that was a really deep faith thought you had there on your Instagram. And they're like, but I really liked it. Like I needed to hear that or Mm -hmm. that impacted my life. And I think that I had previously been so concerned about the right caption or the right photo or putting this perfect little Bible verse under my picture. But once I started to share more of the authentic, genuine thoughts about faith and life and conviction and my generation under my photos rather than just a little caption, which still is in there, definitely. (laughs) I have my cute little captions mixed in there. But I think once I started using my social media not to glorify myself, but to glorify God, like that's kind of how I walked away from letting social media become my identity, hmm. which it had been. That's awesome that you found that distinction. Yeah. And 
It's free. It must be just so freeing. Yeah. Like, because it's like, I'm not here to make myself look perfect. Yeah. But I have a perfect father. Yeah. So. Exactly. And so I think that being able to find that has been super incredible for social media because I've been able to see the positives of it because I was definitely someone that kind of saw social media as a negative or as a pressure in my life or as kind of a definitely a negative and just kind of an awful thing for a little while. And then once I kind of found it as an outlet more so to kind of share my faith and to kind of use it as more of a devotional platform and like share my heart for young women in my generation and for what God has put on my heart. Mm. It kind of freed it of my identity and helping others find their identity. So, yeah. Amen to that. (laughs) That's beautiful. And knowing that we'll keep discovering more and more about who we really are who we really are in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And also, I think, giving grace to young people as they explore all of these things of who they are, giving a lot of encouragement and not judging, not expecting them to be somewhere where they're not yet, walking with them. And, And with identity, too, identity in Christ, I love to think, too, what that means, that who I am in Christ, who am I in Him? I'm loved. I'm valuable. I have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so somehow, even not stopping at my identity is in Christ, okay, yes, what does that mean? But who I am Mm. is on purpose, and Mm -hmm. who I've been created to be, who I am, on purpose, so I can be me and find out more and more about me and that freedom, like you mentioned. Yeah, and that reminds me of a verse I have here from Galatians. This is Galatians 2.20, which says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's so beautiful to remember. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we need to remember that we are not defined by anything of this world and that our identity is not found in social media or different identities or in what other people think of us. But at the end of the day, our identity is in Christ. And I think that remembering that, especially especially in terms of social media, is so crucial for our generation and for generations behind us. Very neat. And I yeah. love that verse, too. And, and how it ends there, who loved me, gave himself for me. Mm-hmm. And we're made new. We're made new. And thank you both for doing this and being on the podcast. Yes, thank you, thank you. This is Shiel Dvorak, and thanks for listening to the Crown Insider Podcast. 